0: Listeners, there's honestly nothing I love more than a good writing retreat, especially one that comes with solid coaching and the chance to meet other writers who are working on similar projects. This fall, three Author Accelerator Certified Book Coaches are offering what sounds like a dream retreat, if what you're working on is telling your own story. It's called Mainly Memoir, and it's a retreat for women writers in historic Biddeford, Maine. Mainly Memoir will provide three days in the gorgeous Maine woods in September with one-on-one coaching both before, during, and after the retreat. It is the perfect opportunity to give yourself the gift of time and focus so that you can make real progress on your memoir this year. Mainly Memoir will be held from September 21st through 24th, 2023. A scholarship is available for a memoirist from a community that has been traditionally underrepresented in publishing. Learn more at mainlymemoir.com and as you've probably guessed, mainly is spelled M-A-I-N-E-L-Y. So that's Main the State. MainlyMemoir.com. Is it recording? Now it's recording. Yay! Go ahead. This is the part where I stare blankly at the microphone and try to remember what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, let's start over. Awkward pause. I'm going to wrestle some papers. Okay. Now one, two, three. Okay.
1: Hi, I'm Serena Bowen, and this is the Hashtag AmWriting Podcast, the weekly podcast about writing all the things. Short things, long things, pitches, proposals, fiction, and nonfiction. In short, this is the podcast about sitting down and getting the work done. I'm solo this week, so I'll just roll right on in. My name is Serena Bowen. I am the author of over 30 romance novels, And I write about four books a year. So what I wanted to talk with you today about is my tech stack. Because after all those books, I have kind of refined what makes me happy and productive in terms of tech and writing the actual book. So this isn't about publishing the book, this is about writing it. And honestly, of course, you know that you can write a book on nearly anything. You could write a book on paper towel. You could write a book on a really ancient computer that hasn't been upgraded in a very long time. And that is all valid. But I spend so much time with my, um, in my writing, that I have developed some ways to take care of myself, take care of my data, take care of my hands and I just thought it would be fun to share quickly with you what are my primary tech items. So here we go. In my tech stack, number one is a really inexpensive MacBook Air. These machines seem to last a long time for me. I like how they perform and how sturdy they feel and how reliable they are. And I find that the nice little Air is totally enough processing power for anything writing. And on my MacBook Air, item number two is that I write in Scrivener. I know that all of us, Jess, KJ, and me, we have all used Scrivener at one point or another, and I think it's predominantly what we write in now. But, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else. The, the point of writing in Scrivener instead of Microsoft Word is that Scrivener allows you to keep your document in chapters or scenes in a much more seamless way than words. So you can kind of click through them. Because I often write novels in two points of view, I even keep um, an icon for each point of view. So if it's in, let's say the heroine's point of view, I use a little pink dot. And if it's in... Um, the hero's point of view, I use a blue dot, and it's just, you can look at your book and see all the chapters laid out in front of you and click between them. And it just, honestly, it's more stable than Word. When I'm working in a giant document in Word, there are just sometimes these moments when it blinks, and you sort of wait for it to come back and acknowledge you. And Scrivener just doesn't do that. It's saving each of your chapters in a separate little file. It uses a very sturdy and ordinary Uh, file convention for those pieces that you could then open up in another, um, in another program if you had to. Exporting is a little tricky, but, um, but not impossible. And yeah, I've been using Scrivener for years and I will never go back. That said, item number three in my tech stack is Microsoft Word. And the reason for that is that nobody has yet superseded that program for editing. So every editor that I have ever worked with uses Microsoft Word, except one time last year somebody used Google Docs, and that wasn't better either because that thing can be glitchy as well in my experience. So I still have Word. I still pay for Word even though I try to do as much work away from it as possible. Item number four is my new Keychron K-series keyboard. So Keychron, K-E-Y-C-H-R-O-N, is a company. All they make are mechanical keyboards. Mechanical keyboards mean that there's a switch underneath the key that that behaves with a certain action when you touch it. Um, I just find that this keyboard is really gentle on my hands. Um, it's like wearing a good shoe if you're a marathon runner, you know, and um, my, you get to choose your switch types when you order a mechanical keyboard and mine are red which are the softest switch types there are. I love this thing. I finally upgraded to it a few months ago, and it was another one of those items where I was like, wow, why did that take me so long? Because it it just has a really um, gentle, friendly feeling to use. One thing that I started using even longer ago, item number five, is my ergonomic mouse. So I have always been very conscious of the fact that when my hands cramp or get tired from writing, it's really clenching at the the trackpad that's the issue. It's not the actual typing. Um, it took me a while to figure that out. But once I did, I started buying very inexpensive ergonomic mice. They are ugly. They are sort of cone-shaped or they look like alien wear. I don't know. They're just... Um, When you rest your hand on an ergonomic mouse, it's very relaxed. Um, It fits the shape of your hand. There's a million of them. You can get one for like $19 at Amazon. I use one made by Nulia, but that is not important. I've used all kinds of different ones. And I like them to have a wire on them because I think Bluetooth for mice is, I don't know, not valuable. But that's just me. Um, but I really, I, I mean, I will type without my fancy new keyboard, but I really don't like to spend any time at a computer without an ergonomic mouse. Item number six on my list is a rather new purchase. It is a tripod table. And even as I talk to you right now, my computer is sitting on this tripod table. And the point of that thing well, it's really light. You could carry it around your house just like a photography tripod, and that means you can write at different surfaces at different heights. It, um, it moves up and down. It's tiny. It, you know, It's just really an efficient little thing that I've added to my stack that I am really enjoying. Number seven on my list is my Remarkable 2 tablet. The Remarkable 2 is heavily advertised to writers on social media. So if you have seen the ads for it, it's it looks like a very big Kindle. It has um, e-ink uh, on its screen. It's um, sort of a, the size of a composition notebook, and it's super thin. It does not have a backlight. But what you use the Remarkable for is you have a stylus. And the stylus itself is not a live stylus. um, It doesn't have to be recharged. And you write on the page of the Remarkable and you write in your own handwriting. And then you can either just store all your notes in perpetuity on the Remarkable. But that is not why I love it so much. It has a handwriting to text conversion. So when I'm writing a long book, some of that time is at the keyboard, a lot of it actually. But I really like to get off the keyboard and out of the document and write down my thoughts and it tends to really shift the conversation in my mind. So when I get stuck, I put the computer away or if I feel tired or I just need to do a little brainstorming about what I'm gonna write next, I love the remarkable for this. And then I can export my text and then paste it right into my document. It is kind of magic. The handwriting to text works much better than you think it will the device is not inexpensive so it's a you know it's a commitment but i believe they have a money back guarantee if you don't like it and i have noticed that a lot of people that i know own these now and and actually like them so if handwriting is a thing that you enjoy consider it the other alternative to doing the same thing to getting a handwriting to text set up in your life is that um, there is an app on the iPad called Nebo, N-E-B-O. And if you use Nebo and your iPad Pencil, it works really quite the same. The surface is less pleasant, it's slicker, but um, if you already own an iPad and a Pencil, then you can experiment with handwriting to text and it's, you know, you're already halfway there And if you work that into your routine in terms of writing and you like it, then then you'll know one more way to get the work done. I also really love paper. So the eighth thing on my tech stack is notebooks. And now so I have sort of spent my whole professional life trying to find the perfect way of keeping track of ideas and development of ideas. And, you know, everybody who writes for a living has to be a constant idea generation machine. And that's tricky. I mean, if you've got this already figured out, and you only take notes in a certain place, and you have this nailed, then you are amazing. Go forth and continue your amazing work. But I really struggle with this because I tend to work on my ideas you know, a bunch at a time. Some of them end up getting developed into a book proposal and maybe a book. Some of them just sit as a one-liner, a random thought I had one day. And it's really hard to categorize all those things, where to put them. So, and I love to work on paper, especially if I'm just hashing something out. So what works best for me currently is I like notebooks made by Kokuyo Campus, which is a Japanese company, even though the word campus is obviously an English word. And I get mine at JetPens. And the reason I like this brand is because the binders aren't like a big clunky American binder. They're thin and flexible. And you can move the pages around. So if I take one and carry it around just like it's a plain old notebook and I write a lot of things in it, then later I can go shift those things around and store them in other spots. There are a lot of ways to do this. If you buy some nice notebooks with three hole-punched pages in them and then you put them in binders for saving for later, great, you're there. So um, anyway, the, the point is that you've thought through what, how to save and how to catalog what's in your notebooks. Um, some people use the Remarkable 2 for this. They don't use paper at all. One thing that's cool about that is it's searchable. If you convert everything that you doodle into text and then you can just go searching for it. Where did I have that idea about elephants? And you search elephants and boom, there it is. So whatever way of keeping your ideas close and keeping them handy is the thing that you should do. The other, the final thing in my writer's tech stack is a little program on my phone called Otter AI. Otter like the cute little swimming animal. So Otter is um, a uh, vocal dictation software, but it was invented to take notes at meetings. So if you open up Otter and you just start talking, it'll record you. And then if you have a good connection in real time, it will convert your thoughts to text. And you can export that text into your document. But even if you don't have a good connection, you can just walk around on your country road. That is what I do. You can talk to Otter, you can make a 20 minute recording. Then you can hit stop. And when you come home, and you're Back in the Wi-Fi, Otter will take that audio file and it will convert it all into text. And if you said anything worthwhile in those 20 minutes, you will get it back as text that you can paste into your document. The other thing I like about it is, so there's, if you're going to dictate anything, you can either speak the punctuation or not. I never learned how to write a novel by speaking the punctuation out loud. I have never been any good at that. Some people are great, but I'm not. So Otter doesn't want you to do that. You just talk. It listens. It punctuates sentences where it thinks they should be punctuated. And sometimes it's wrong, but at least it tries. For example, if you are thinking about a scene and you just want to dictate a bunch of dialogue, Otter would do a fairly good job of figuring out where the sentence breaks were, and then you could go through and add all your speech tags, and you can add your quote marks and um, and do all that. But it's really fun to get out of the document again. So part of my working life is figuring out how to trick myself into being more fluent with my ideas. So I could be fluent into the microphone at Otter. I could be fluent with a pen to paper. I might be fluent working on my Remarkable 2, or on a really lucky day, I could be fluent at my keyboard. So it's just all these ways of getting ideas out of my head and into a document in the most efficient way possible. So that is all the different ways that I like to try to do that myself. So I hope you've enjoyed this short tour through my tech stack. And if you have specific things in your tech stack that are different from mine, I would love to hear what they are. So you can come into the Am Writing Facebook group and let us know what they are. Because we're always, always looking for extra smart ways to get this work done. It's a hard job having to just create all the time. I think of it as the stiltskin job, straw into gold, sometimes it's not gold, <laughs> but we try. And yeah, so I would love to hear more about how you do that and what your solutions are. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Am Writing Podcast. Until next week, keep your butts in the chair and your heads in the
0: game. Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work. Listeners, I've got a podcast recommendation for you. Have you tried a bookish home yet? I've been a guest, and it's a delight. Librarian and writer Laura Zaro Kapinski interviews a different author each week, so you can add to your TBR list while getting the inside scoop on the winding road to publication. Coming up this spring, she'll be talking to Amy Popple, Sarah Penner, Maggie Smith, and many more. So... Look for a bookish home wherever you get your podcasts.